Devi Parekh. Is there a rejection or a failure that hurt particularly bad? <laughs> so I think there's uh, one that comes to mind, and I think at this point I've I've mentioned it to a few people in different instances. So I don't know if it's just stuck in my head because I have continued to talk about it over the years, um, and I don't know if I'm going to. Maybe, I don't know if I should be this specific, but I'll go ahead and do it. Um, where I had uh, applied for a faculty position at University of Washington at UW. Um, I don't know if this was 2011. 2012. 2012. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I thought the interviews went, well, actually I didn't have a sense whether the interviews went well or not, but I think I had gotten feedback that the interviews went well. And for whatever reason, I thought that I was going to get the, get the position. Um, and then I didn't. Um, I didn't get that position. Ali Faradi actually got that position. Um, I don't know if I've ever spoken to him about this directly. Um, and I don't know actually if he knows that he got it and I didn't. Um, but anyway, um, so that one had, I think that one was very disappointing. I was excited when I got the interview and I was invited um, for that, that had already felt good. And then when I thought that I might get the position, I was extra excited. And then when I didn't, that was quite disappointing. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's... <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I guess connecting to the previous question, presumably you and Ali are still friends. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. I think so. Um, I hope he thinks so too. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ray Mooney. Um, I imagine though, in this journey of pursuit of passion, that there are going to be ups and downs. Um, and so in that journey, has there been a rejection or a failure that hurt particularly bad? I mean, obviously, we've all had papers rejected, you know, grant proposals rejected. I guess, you know, I've been frustrated. Re this is maybe partly driven by the timeliness is, you know, my some of my recent papers on explainable AI have been rejected with just not very informative reviews. And partly I chalk that up. I don't know if you've seen this is because there's not an accepted methodology. You know, we've had how many discussions of, you know, the, uh, the us or the team or the whole project had about how you evaluate explanation, what is an explanation, obviously. So it's just not, it's not like, you know, BQA or CAPTCHA or something. There's a, you know, here you use this data set, you run it, you get these results. You know, it's, it's really hard to evaluate. And so I've just been frustrated with a couple of those uh, rejections. You know, we had this explainable BQA model that, that we called faithful that was you know trying to generate natural language and multimodal explanations and and it got rejected from three conferences and then we just sent it to this black box nlp workshop and, and that was frustrating a couple of those papers we've sent to three conferences and couldn't get them accepted recently in this whole you know explainable ai area and that's been very frustrating to me mm -hmm. danny tarlow is there a rejection or a failure that hurt particularly bad um, sure, yeah, all sorts of <laughs> rejections hurt. Um, I mean, like paper rejections are the easiest ones to think about. Um, and I think it's pretty correlated with just how much effort or how much time and energy has gone into something. And, you know, the sort of the more I believe in it and the more that I've put into it and then to have it like have a paper get rejected or get rejected multiple times and then we just kind of eventually say okay that wasn't that wasn't meant to be it that, that hurts that's tough mm. Kyungyun Cho um, is there a rejection or a failure that hurt particularly bad 
Um, at this point, uh, one thing that used to hurt a lot and then I got completely immune to at the moment is the rejection from NSF. Uh, actually, uh, every single proposal that I submitted to NSF, other than some of the couple of those center proposals where I was like, I don't know, one of the 40 PIs or something like that, every single one of them has been rejected. Not a single dollar came to me out of NSF pockets for my research so far. So that one used to hurt, but now I'm like, it's almost automatic. I'm like, okay, I'll write a proposal. It's almost like something that I just need to do, like laundry kind of thing, <laughs> uh, except that I know that it's going to be rejected, but it's okay. So, you know, just like laundry, I'm going to mess up and then I'll have to throw away some of my shirts or something like that, but it's okay. <laughs> Interesting. That's a, that's a fascinating perspective on it. Uh... <laughs> Yeah. Ruzbe Motagi. Is there a rejection or a failure that hurt particularly bad? Rejection or failure uh, that hurts? Uh, not, not really. I mean, rejection is part of rejection is part of life, and uh, yeah, failure is part of life, and it it's not. It doesn't. It, I might be. I might be upset, and and for. But it doesn't last more than one day or two days, and that's. Uh, I'm I'm okay with with uh, rejections and failures in, in in general. But yeah, some sometimes there some something happens. Like for example, you're you have written a like good paper that you are. I mean, you think it's a good paper, and you're you're excited about it, and uh, it gets rejected for. I mean, some fair or unfair reason, and. Uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's not. I'm 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 not be happy about it, but it's uh, it's not the end of the world. Like rejection and failure is part part of life, and um, and usually I'm I'm okay with with all rejections and, and, and failures. Judy Hoffman, is there a rejection or a failure that hurt particularly bad? Hmm, that's an interesting question. Um. Yeah. Uh, when I was Early in my PhD, we had these um, exams, and uh, one of the first exams I had to take, you know, to pass on to the next level, uh, I failed it, and uh, it was like it was just the one of the weirdest experiences because I was very prepared, I knew everything. I just it was an oral exam, and I just like deer in the headlights, totally froze during mm -hmm. the exam. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that was kind of like a harsh lesson because up until that point in my life, I think there was no actual failure. It was like, you know, something I was unhappy about, didn't do as well as I could have, but it wasn't kind of that harsh, um, no. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I think for a, for a lot of us, when we get to grad school, that's the first time we have to grapple with failures of any kind for a lot of us we've just sort of been told yeah keep going you're doing well yeah. right right andrew fitzgibbon is there a rejection or a failure that hurt particularly bad oh blimey um that's yeah that's a good one um <laughs> that's funny so there, it's you know, I haven't actually, I haven't um, looked at the questions before. I kept saying, "I'll oh, look at the questions." Now I'll, now I'll wing it. No, I'll look at the questions. No, I'll wing it. You know, and eventually I didn't look at the questions. So that's brilliant. I'm, I'm glad it's fresh. So two things jumped to mind. One was, 
um, a job interview at Oxford for a, um, I guess you would call it a professorship or lectureship, you know, a, a, essentially a permanent job, right? You know, the way it works in Oxford, you get the job and you're there until you're 95 or, you know, you, you know, um, and um, that was interesting. It was in a computer science department. And, you know, I'm sure there were many reasons I didn't get it. Um, but I just remember being asked something like, what's your favorite data structure? And, uh, and that's you know, actually, computers... yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe tell me about it. Yeah, I think it was what's your favorite data structure. I think that's a totally fair question, by the way. I, I, I have no objection to that question. I think it's sense. Uh, I, I used to ask people what's your favorite algorithm, but then people said it was like a hard question, or maybe it was anyway. Uh, they asked me what's your favorite um, data structure, and I was thinking I should say graph. Right, graph is the obvious thing to say, but I didn't. I said matrix vector. You know, uh, I didn't even say tensor because I find it a bit ponzi. Um, um, and uh, meaning, you know, pretending to be posh. Um, and I said matrix vector, and it was just, you know, you know, I could just see the whole thing tumbling, <laughs> tumbling away as I fumbled this answer. And you know, later I went back and said drat. Um, so. That hurt. But then that reminds me that, you know, lots of people I know apply for jobs, particularly in academia or grants, right, um, where you don't get it. And I do find it reassuring to think that's because somebody better got it. Somebody better suited for that job at that time or that thing at that time got it. And that's, yeah, in a sense, the uh, the zero sumness of it is, is kind of helpful there. It's like, okay, so somebody else got that. I'll do something else. Um, I don't feel too rejected in a sense. I may feel I've made a mistake and I may maybe feel I, I helped them to make the wrong decision, but maybe I was wrong, you know, maybe the other, and the other person was great. Um, and then the other, I, I, I said there were two answers or two times where rejection hurt. Um, there is one paper, I won't tell you what it is, um, you know, where, where we got a poster and the same thing got an oral. <laughs> that's, that's still like sort of, you know, still just kind of slightly rankles. Uh, it doesn't matter, you know, but it, it was just funny. Um, but we've been lucky, right? We had a paper that didn't get a poster, it got properly rejected. And that was great because when we rewrote it, it was much, much better. So, you know, um, I don't want to go on about paper rejections, but I just, as, as you mentioned it, there is one that I still remember. It's, it's an interesting facet of uh, just academic life that uh, over perhaps even a substantial career, it, it, these things can still continue to pinch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And it's just, that's what came into my mind when you said rejections. So. Giorgio Shaksari. Is there a rejection or a failure that hurt particularly bad? Rejection or failure? Um, I, well, I can't think of anything. I'm sure. Um, I mean, I mean, yes, like when you get papers rejected, that hurts. Um, and when you I think, yeah, that's the closest thing I can. And of course, they're right, like in the past when you're a student and you're taking all these exams and all these um, tests, like those things definitely hurt too. And I still the, sometimes wake up dreaming that like I have to take the GRE all over again. 
So, <laughs> did, you really, did you really make that big a dent yeah, on your psyche? I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> okay. Uh, you, you know, this is, I, I try to not inject uh, too much of my own thing in this, but I, like your answer reminded me, you, you want to know what mine is? I sometimes uh, have a nightmare that I still have one more year to finish in my undergrad, that somehow I've gotten my PhD and I'm a faculty, but I skipped over that one year and I have to go finish it. Otherwise people will find out and take my PhD away. That's like horrifying. <laughs> that I, I relate to that a hundred percent. And you know, when you wake up and you realize that, oh my God, that was a dream, then it's like that relief that, oh wow, yeah. no, life's good. I don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm surprised the GRE uh, is, what, is that for you. GRE was a very stressful experience for me. I don't know, um, I don't know about others, but if it was something that was completely out of my comfort zone, try, having mm -hmm. to do this with this time pressure, and then the English part with words that I have never seen again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's there's almost like a separate, especially if you if English is a second language, maybe not even if it's a second language. Like it, there's like GRE vocabulary that uh, does exactly. not. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Akshara Rai. Is there a rejection or a failure that hurt particularly bad? Hmm. I mean, every rejection hurts, I suppose. Uh, I think, yeah, I feel like, yeah, I think for me, um, it's very hard to not take a rejection personally. So. And for some reason, I can only think of paper rejections right now, uh, which has been, you know, as you submit more papers, more papers get rejected. And it's kind of uh, painful every time that happens because, you know, you put in all this work and then you feel like it was not a fair judgment, right? Um, so any particular rejection, let me think about that. Yeah, sorry, no, I can't think of anything that wasn't particular. Yeah, I just think that every rejection hurts a bit, and then I kind of try to think of it as not take it personal. That's hmm. fine. Kambampati. Is there a rejection or a failure that hurt particularly bad? Um, well, I mean, it's not clear. So, I mean, I tend to not remember bad things as much as I remember good things. That's hmm. like a strange thing. In fact, it's like a, my, a, I mean, I, a nice I, mindset. I know, I don't know. I mean, I did not know. See, the, this is the only thing, right? I mean, so the life you have is the life, the only life you know until you talk to other people and see how they do things. And so it took me a long time. My, my siblings, I have two siblings and I'm the uh, oldest and, you know, I have my sister and my brother. And you know, at some point of time, my sister told me that I tend to remember all the good things of our childhood, and I don't remember any bad things of our childhood in general. I mean, not. I mean, I might, but it's not. You know, the usual thing that people say that you should remember but not relive to avoid trauma. That's just built in for me. You know, I don't ever relive any trauma. So I think, in general, um, 
yeah, so I, I'm one of these people who think that everything went well for me. Um, if I don't necessarily, mm. I mean, there have been things that I expected will go one way and didn't go that way. And, and I felt bad at that particular point of time. But now if you ask me, I think, you know, everything worked out well. You know, there's this old Seinfeld thing called even Steven, you know, where everything just sort of works out. Even if he loses something, something else comes up and he's fine. At least that seems to be the story of my life, at least the way I view it. So, yeah, I don't remember anything particularly significant as a rejection that actually affected me. Of course, I had lots of rejections in life um, of you know, various things, including, I mean, in fact, being a faculty member is taking rejections left and right. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you wrote this lovely paper and nobody else thinks so, but that's just the way it is. So yeah. but the, in terms of rejections that actually I remembered, I don't really, I, I don't know that there is anything that stands out. Mm. Adriana Kovashka. Is there a rejection or a failure that hurt particularly bad? Um, they hurt when they pile up and then uh, all of a sudden acceptances start piling up or at least that's my most recent experience. So I don't know. I don't know how that happens. Um, for a while, you're not good enough and then all of a sudden you're great, right? It doesn't seem right. Um, it, it's a, it, it's maybe a surprising phenomena or it's surprising to outsiders how decisions tend to often be correlated. Like mm -hmm. you, you, and I, I explain this to young faculty a lot that sometimes people like a variant of an idea and everybody likes that same idea. And so you'll find suddenly all your grants are, are succeeding or if somebody doesn't like mm -hmm. it, then all your grants are, are failing. And, that's perhaps a surprising thing that people don't quite factor in. Yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, I guess I wrote several grants about essentially common sense that all got rejected and that I wrote some grants on object detection, which I didn't think were that great and those got funded. So I don't know what it is about that. Um, um, yeah, probably grant proposal rejections have hurt more than paper rejections just because there's fewer of those that I've written. Um, yeah, and, and it's hard for students sometimes too when you have something that you really like but keeps getting rejected and, and your advisor tells you there's all this randomness, the field is brutal, so on and so forth. But you know, students also, it's I think it's they don't ha they haven't been in the field as much, so they ha haven't developed as thick skin as as faculty. If I don't think I have especially thick skin, but I've acquired more of one than I used to have. So uh so so I think that's what in, in recent history, that's what's hurt more to, you know, having students go through rejections. Um, that's fair. Aaron Kurwell. Uh, is there a rejection or a failure that hurt particularly bad? Good question. Uh, um, I'm sure the answer is yes, but I'm trying to think of of what. I mean, I guess there's a few paper rejections that hurt, uh, but um, yeah, I'm trying to think. 
so I guess when I applied to uh, universities um, for my, I mean, I got into, in my undergrad, I got into what I was, I wanted to get into, uh, which was the University of Toronto Engineering Science Program. Um, so I don't really feel like there was much disappointment there. At, for my PhD, I think I applied at, at like a few different schools and I didn't get every one of those, but I feel like on the, on the whole, I got into, you know, I felt pretty lucky that I got into the ones that I got into. So I don't feel like I, that hurt particularly. Um, so yeah, I guess maybe not. I mean, there, there's, okay. Um, there, there was, okay, I guess, I guess the thing that hurt the most was, um, was there's, there's just one project that I was working on and it, it just didn't work out. Um, and it, it was, and became a, like, a, a, an issue amongst the people involved in the project as well. Like it was just the, the interpersonal dynamic. And so mm. it was like a complete breakdown of communication. And it was a project I, I really cared a lot about. And so that part was probably, yeah, probably the most difficult thing I've kind of faced in my professional life, at least, um, mm. in terms of just dealing with that kind of failure. Yeah, so so that one, that one I still still I still feel in the sense that that you know I I, I still think about like my role in in the conflict and if they're like because i feel like it was in the end it was a completely uh it was just a miscommunication right it, and it was but a tragic miscommunication and i really feel that that like if there was a way i could have expressed myself better uh and 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 been more i mean the i don't know though because i was pretty open and honest I think I was just a little too cavalier in, 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 in my communication. And I think that that maybe was, when I think back on it now, I think that might be what, where I failed was that I, I needed to be a bit more careful mm. about how my, how, what I was saying was being received. Not necessarily that I was saying anything that like wrong necessarily, but I was a little too cavalier in, in the kinds of the things I was saying so that I was not, completely understanding how the other person was understanding what I was saying. And so there was an opportunity for misunderstanding there. And I, and I do take responsibility for that because they're, especially when in, in you're in a situation when you're, you know, in a project and, and maybe there's students involved or then, you know, and, and if I'm an advisor and there's a student involved, there's a, a real sort of power dynamic at play and you have to be very careful how you enter into those kinds of conversations because you know you can say things not thinking much of it but i remember being a student in this situation and the students thinking about this for weeks and weeks right of like the so you, you have to be a bit more careful in that. and then there's at least one situation where i can think of that i was not as careful as i think i, I really should have been and there were consequences from it jonathan bisk is that a rejection or a failure that hurt particularly bad? Um, I mean, I'm sure, but per my comment from earlier about forgetting negative things, <laughs> um, I tend to, the way I tend to deal with failure is publicly. Mm. Um, so 
Um, any, for the most part, I mean, this is, I guess this is a little different in like the social media internet era. I mean, publicly mostly in the sense of uh, humans around me kind of way. So for example, um, I, so when I applied to um, like undergrad, I got into one place, I got waitlist, which was Texas at Austin, which was very lucky. Um, I got waitlisted from a couple places and was directed by a whole bunch of places. So I went to the, I, I didn't stay on the waitlist. I went to the, to the, to the state school. Um, and I was super lucky that it turned out that Texas was a very good school for computer science. Like, you know, my, my local state school happened to be very well ranked. Um, and then, um, and then for grad school, I applied to a bunch of places and I got into one place, which was the University of Illinois. And so I went to the University of Illinois. And so I got, and then at University of Illinois, I, in your end of your uh, second year, you do your quals, which are a pretty elite, they maybe have changed, but at least at the time were a pretty intense oral exam um, of grilling for a couple of hours. And, uh, you know, like, pr like it was, it was sort of these, the kinds of things where it was like, you know, um, show, you know, uh, what was it, like derive the, the necessary convex concave optimization for latent struct SVM, you know, on the board kind of, it, kind of stuff. Conditions, right? yeah. <laughs> and you're like, uh, okay. This, this is okay. so David Forsythe. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he, yeah, um, yes, um, yeah. <laughs> that he, he, he does show up in this story. Um, uh, yeah, so I failed the first, my first, uh, when I took the qual. And anyway, so the point of the story is that because there's more failures on this, on this list, but the, the qual one is, I think, notable because when I failed, I basically just told everyone in the department I failed. I, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, no, I failed. I failed miserably. I only have like six months to prepare to try to do this again, or I get kicked out of the PhD program. Um, and slowly all of these people like started coming out of the woodwork that had also failed. And they were like, and no one would ever talk about it. And everyone, and if you asked anyone, like what percentage of people failed, they'd be like, oh, I think it's very rare for someone to fail. So then I went and I talked to the admin. I was like, how many people fail? And they're like, oh, like 50% of people fail every, every time. I'm like, 50%? Because I don't know anybody but me. And I've been taught, you know, like, and so slowly I like get all these others and we get these stories together. And then I basically created like almost like a little boot camp where I like prepped people before the qual and we got like the fail rate way down because I was like super loud about the fact that I had failed everything and how I had failed and what I had to change and all this kind of stuff. And so um, I tr I mean, I'm not, again, I, I, I'm sure that there, I can be much better about this, but um, I, tended, I tended just fail publicly and just assume that that means that like, here's a data point for everyone else, you know, like um, in FYI, like, hi, I went on the faculty market twice. <laughs> like, you know, like that was a failure, you know, like I, I can, we can talk about paper rejections. Like, I think, I think that like at each of these stages, there's a whole bunch of, or even in personal, you know, things, not just professional things. Um, and then I try to be just reasonably open about them. And part of that is because it's easier for me. It's much easier than keeping secrets. Um, like when I'm gonna tell stories and have a manicured version of my life, it's easier for me to just assume that everyone knows all of my failings. Um, and, uh, and then hopefully that's also useful. Um, particularly any of these things that would otherwise be kind of secret. So I was, yeah, I'm very pro kind of openness of this, of this kind of stuff. And, and it, and it, it hopefully reduces some of the kind of impostery kinds of stuff that you have. And also even just things like I was really happy when we were on the faculty market, like 
Mark uh, Yaskar had con contacted me and some other people and asked if we wanted to coordinate on offers. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm happy to share every detail of everything. Um, and I think it was like super helpful and it seems like it's, you know, grown since then other people are doing these kinds of things. And it's like, because like, otherwise, like, how are you supposed to know how this system works? Like you, mm -hmm. like, how are you supposed to know what's reasonable? Like, why, why do we have secrets that just creates, it perpetuates a, a, a sort of like, who's in the know, who's connected kind of kind of system. So anyway, that was maybe not exactly the answer to your question, but, but basically in terms of my failures, I have lots of them. And I, I think a lot, they all stung really hard in the moment. Um, and the way I've dealt with basically all of them is just by going super public with them. That makes sense. And thank you for, thank you for sharing the quality story. Yeah, I don't want to do it again now. <laughs> take another qual i would fail it again sorry jerry de young um he was my qual chair and he was um ray mooney's advisor um and he 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 uh, took me to task the first time around and then david forsyth took me to task the second time around yeah <laughs> sasha josh is there a rejection or a failure that hurt particularly bad um i certainly found grant writing to be very hard when I first started. Um, I uh, hadn't yet developed the resilience to just realize how good everyone else was at what they were doing. And so I took it very personally when things were rejected. Um, I found it very helpful to actually uh, review or sit down and very much read what my colleagues were working on because, man, people are really impressive and really know what they're doing. And like, I think a lot of that made me realize actually like I was overvaluing uh, my own competence in some ways. Um, it was actually helpful in some ways to put that in perspective. Yeah. Interesting. That's, that's a very nice, uh, it's a nice positive outlook. It's it treated as a calibration signal and um, that's interesting. Yeah. Stephen Lee. Is there a rejection or a failure that hurt particularly bad? So, Usually with this, it's a, when I, when I think about this, it's like in the regret sort of sense in like RL, like what did I lose trying this? And the one that sticks out in my mind is when I transitioned from my previous institution where I was sort of a research scientist to my current institution as assistant professor, I had like a month lag in between the two where I could have taken a break. Like I could have after years of not really doing that, taking a break. And instead I worked on like a CRII proposal, one of the NSF proposals, and it just bombed. Uh, so like I, I spent this time where I could have been exploring my new home and new town and things and, and you know, sat in this chair instead. And that, that's unfortunate, that feels bad. Um, so maybe that one. Mm -hmm. You know, for the, I, I'm sure that felt bad, but for the sake of accuracy, I don't think it bombed. I read the, you shared, you were kind enough to share the reviews. I read the reviews. It didn't bomb. Wait, did, did I share the second set? Or are you talking about the CRI when I was at Georgia Tech? Oh, I see. Yeah, maybe talking about the second <laughs> one. <laughs> it didn't go well. I mean, by NSF standards, it was negative, but it wasn't, you know, like they didn't tell me to go home and never do it again, but <laughs> it was still sort of rejected. You know, it was, it was not in the consideration for long. Mm -hmm. Felix Hill. Is there a rejection or a failure that hurt particularly bad? 
I mean, they all hurt uh, a little bit. I think I'm getting better at, at, at not being hurt by them. And I think that's partly because it's, you know, as you become, it's, it's, all, it's just becoming numb in a way because, you know, that's the, that's the game we play. And, and there is, you know, if you're doing a good job, you're giving yourself a chance at many things, uh, but, you're, but you, there's no, nobody can do a job where you guarantee success. But in the way that success is measured, I guess, in our world. Um, so one has to be pretty robust to rejections. Um, is there a, 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 reje a particular rejection that hurt? Honestly, I'll, I'll, yeah, I think so. Um, I wanted to, um, I've always thought I would like to be an academic, uh, like a professor. Um, but I, yeah, for whatever reason, I, I wanted it to be in Europe. Um, I didn't do a lot of looking for academic jobs in, in the UK, but I did a little bit. And then the DeepMind, uh, DeepMind um, you know, opportunity came up and, um, and it, it, for, what it, for so many different reasons, it just fit, fitted exactly. So, but I did feel not so much, I, I'm not even talking necessarily about faculty positions, but also about, um, you know, sort of, um, like fellowships where, where, where you'd have some funding for, for, for quite a few years and things like that. So a lot of, a lot of I felt a, a little bit hurt by those. I think there's something quite subjective about a lot of ones, especially when the, the other pool of applicants is quite small and, and they're kind of known to you, so it's easy to compare. So there's so something about, yeah, academic hiring. And in the UK, it's, it's, it's a little different to the US in the sense that, um, you know, jobs seem to come up a lot less, but partly, it could just be that there's many more universities in North America, um, but there isn't really such thing as a round or going on the market or a round of, of, of job applications. It would be more like you're waiting for this, this one thing at some point and hopefully it'll be in a place that you like. And yeah, so I guess I felt those, I didn't feel, I didn't, I didn't think I took it too personally. It was more, it kind of shattered my illusions a little bit that there was, uh, maybe it was just entirely naive, uh, but I just wondered whether there might be a sort of ranking process and then some notion of, you know, I've done all I can in my career, so therefore this, this I would, this does, I do, you know, by whatever boxes or whatever you think, maybe that I, this ought to be something that I've, I'm qualified for, but you realise that it's, it's much, research is incredibly subjective to evaluate and actually, um, you know, there's a lot of um, everyone's research is brilliant, and and every everything could, <laughs> yeah, everything could be made. Like, it really depends how you look at how you look at research. You could see anything as being superior to anything else, and 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 that's what something that's kind of beautiful about it. Um, I think it was, I, yeah. So I probably had this naive um, kind of thing about how um, universities recruit their academic staff in Europe and it, it was a kind of a bit a bit um, dispelled uh, by my experience maybe but yeah so I'm probably still a bit bitter about that as you can tell but but it, it, but, it but, but that's I, I consider that to be a flaw of my own right like I sort of still carrying that a little bit um, and yeah and I should probably just um, like treat it as a learning experience and, and let it go I mean I'm really incredibly lucky with the way my career is currently panned out. So I, I feel nothing, uh, um, you know, incredibly grateful for the way it went.
Yeah, makes sense. For for me personally, I, I remember a moment where somebody pointed out uh, it was late in grad school, and I was considering going on the faculty market, and somebody used the word "we are making vector comparisons between high dimensional vectors," and like that, yeah, like there is no scalar metric, like there is no way to compare these two different vectors. You're going to come up with some metric, but there are many other metrics and projections along which the rankings are going to be radically different or even opposite. And that really clicked in my mind as the as the metaphor for what's going on. Yeah, and I think it also it also reveals something else that that's a bit skewed about my my sort of self perception because I, I think I'm quite empathetic. So I think I'm quite uh, naturally able to engage with the right range of people because I kind of sometimes I think I, I know what this is not in research but just in life in general I'm reasonably good at understanding what their worries might be or uh, thinking through the position that someone else is in but we're strangely that doesn't transfer to sort of thinking about the panorama of research so I think I'm I'm really quite bad at predicting um what sort of paper or what idea will take off and be a huge success or that the community of researchers out there would find amazing and what idea i sometimes have these ideas myself or ideas from other people that i think are just so brilliant and so beautiful they can only be successful and then if you look like five years later nobody has paid any attention to them um, so i think i'm really bad at seeing the research panorama and the value system uh, maybe at a very macro level i must be reasonable because I've sort of made my own path through it, um, but I'm very, but I'm very bad at judging judging the value system, and I think that probably also feeds into my my feeling that how how on earth could I not have been hired? I, I you know clearly looked at from my perspective, my research is definitely the right direction to be going in. Of course, that's that's <laughs> that's a complete mistake, but I, I so it's almost like I've got this um you know this. Uh, I don't have a very good theory of mind when it comes to the research, the, the mind of research, uh, the research community. But I, but I think I've got a reasonable theory of mind when it comes to just general human interactions. So maybe I should, yeah. I don't know how to improve that. To be honest. Constantly, the what what's successful and what's not kind of surprises me. Interesting. Bushmeet Kohli. Is there a is there a rejection or a failure that hurt particularly bad? Uh, rejection or failure. Um, yeah, so I I don't I don't know. I mean, um, if there was a specific uh, one, uh, there are always sort of places where um, you're hoping for things and uh, they don't turn out. Um, uh, that way, and you feel sort of uh, a sense of disappointment. So, um, number of sort of disappointments, like uh, at school, in uh, in university, at grad school. Um, but over time, you realize that um, uh, uh, sort of they are fine. Like when I was in, in school, um, I used to do. Uh, really well, but uh, there was uh, uh, sort of this particular um, a student who used to always come first. And um, and I mean, yeah, I felt, yeah, I, I should be uh, sort of, uh, I should also come first one day, but it never happened. But uh, <laughs> but it, there, was, uh, there was no sort of 
um, there was a disappointment at, at, at one level, but uh, at another level, you feel that um, there are definitely other things that you are doing, uh, which may make sort of uh, life sort of, uh, that there's more to, to life than, than winning. Um, um, and it's about basically how you process life rather than sort of what specifically you have achieved in it. Carlos Gestrin. Is there a rejection or failure that hurt particularly bad? Oh, absolutely. There have been plenty of rejections or failures in life that, um, that have hurt. I think from a professional standpoint, uh, or, or even just a general life standpoint, I, I look back and realize the amount of randomness there is in life. Like there's so many spots in my life for a variety of reasons, personal, um, professional, where uh, um, a small perturbation would have taken me in a completely different path. And I would not be here with you today uh, if it weren't for some of those perturbations. And, and some of those have been, I, I usually kind of look back and say, oh, it worked out well. But there were moments where and there were huge disappointments. And, uh, you know, a, f a funny thing with, uh, with Stanford, uh, I'm joining the faculty at Stanford, as you know, uh, they rejected me, I think, a couple of times um, when, I, when I was uh, fresh off school uh, of, of my PhD. Um, but, you know, it kind of came around. Um, but yeah, there's been plenty of times in my life where there was uh, disappointments and there's been plenty of times when things have gone uh, surprisingly well. And I think I tend to just kind of look forward in a way. Charles Ispo. Is there a particular rejection or failure mm -hmm. that hurt particularly bad? Um, I'm going to say no. And I'm going to say no because I always felt as if, in the end, the right thing happened. So, you know, there's the feeling in the moment, and there's the feeling that you know you're going to have later. Now, you know, maybe that's delusion. Maybe it's just a story you tell yourself to justify whatever happened to you. I don't know, and frankly, I don't think it matters. I think what, what matters is, if it's so long as it's a learning experience, and it's able to prepare you for the next thing, then you just kind of have to assume that the outcome was the right outcome or at least a good enough outcome for where does you want to go. Uh, so I try not to feel that way uh, when things don't go the way that I want them to go or as quickly as I want them to go. Um, there are very few things where the stakes are so high that uh, it's actually mattered. On the other hand, maybe I can just say that because things do seem, seem to have mostly worked out. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I, maybe I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to have been in a position where the things that have happened that I wanted to happen have been good and the things that haven't happened, you know, a door immediately opened up and there was, you know, another option and another thing that would, would be fine. But I think that attitude is useful. I, I think, you know, you have to, I mean, think about it this way. Once you recognize that 
most of the universe is outside of your control uh, and the things that are kind of happening are, are, are beyond you. You can influence it. You, of course, are, you have autonomy, you have agency, but there are all these things that are happening. There are more possible good outcomes than there are possible bad outcomes if you are trying, if you know what you want and you're trying to move through. Then not getting one thing or another or not having a particular, you know, getting rejected for something you wanted or not having something happen you wanted doesn't matter so much, right? You're walking down the, the hall, you have to make a left or a right turn. It doesn't matter which way you go. You made a left turn. If you had made a right turn, you might have bumped into somebody and, and you know, you're a billionaire and you, you know, you're the owner of Amazon. Or you might have been hit by a car. And there's kind of no way of knowing. So you might as well assume, look, at the end of the day, the right thing is happening. Things are going along pretty well. They might've been better. They certainly might've been worse. So it's fine. So being turned down, that's okay. It, it means, or having a rejection, it's okay because you've set up the world so that there's a next thing that you can do uh, that will also be just fine and just okay. So there you go. I feel like I didn't answer your question, but- No, no, but I, I think that, that that mindset was valuable, uh, even if, and it, and it and it made sense why you didn't answer that question in the presence of that mindset, because there probably wasn't something that felt particularly bad, given that you already have that mindset. Yeah. My, my follow-up question would be, did you have to work at this mindset or did, did this come naturally to you? Oh, I have no idea if it came naturally to me or not, but it feels like, <laughs> feels like it did, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's you know, the, I don't know, I feel like the most important thing, there's, everything's balanced, right? And, and the, 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 the key thing is to figure out how to sort of balance, well, there's lots of key things, but the key thing with respect to this question is trying to balance self-reflection, trying to figure out what you did well or what you did poorly or why you feel the way you feel about something uh, versus um, just, you know, and doing that right without getting mired into the details and regret and how things might have might have gone differently, right? If you don't reflect enough, then you're not learning enough, then you end up in a bad place that was easily avoidable. If you reflect too much, you're paralyzed. This is why the I make a left turn and make a right turn, all outcomes are gonna be good, or at least all possibilities are good. So there's no point in thinking about it too much. Go with you know, your gut, which presumably you've developed over the years, right? You, you're, you're not making guesses, you're making informed guesses, right? Um, so once you decide that the universe is, you know, arcs in such a way that it's probably going to be okay, ultimately, then it's a lot easier to kind of relax through these things. And I, and I think it's the kind of mindset you, you come to, but again, it's easy for me to say, I've had a lot of suboptimal things happen to me in life. Uh, but I've had a lot of great things happen to me in life and, Maybe if I had many fewer of the latter and many more of the former, I would feel very differently about this. But I've lived the life that I've lived so, so far. <laughs> so to, uh, yes, uh, engaging in tautologies. Uh. That's me. <laughs> Yejin Choi. Is there a rejection or a failure that hurt particularly bad? Oh, yeah. When, um, in the past, more so because... Um, when I was getting started at back in Stony Brook, almost all my grants got rejected. And so that was like so sad. Um, I also never got NSF career grant. <laughs> all the resubmitted version of them got accepted with high rate, but couldn't they just give it to me? I mean, I didn't even probably I shouldn't complain too much in public, but no, maybe no. just in case for people who um, are 
who feel heartbroken as, as much as I was back then. In, mm. in retrospect, probably I should have not felt as badly because who cares? Um, it seemed like um, one could get tenured anyway and um, life goes on. And But back then it felt like, oh, I don't belong here because mm. everyone else gets one. And it was a little bit frustrating that when I resubmit, I mean, there was like very little gap between the notification date and then the next small submission deadline. Mm. So I could barely revise that very much. And yet it did get accepted right away. So I was scratching my head like. <laughs> <laughs> so that says something about the randomness of reviewers too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just uh, the thing we experience with paper submissions at a larger yeah. scale, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I, I know how uh, sort of personal that can be. Um, uh, a friend of mine from grad school who I won't name, he is a faculty member somewhere. And when he got his, uh, I believe, maybe I'm mixing up this story, but he had congratulated his advisor on the advisor receiving the, the career award. And I think the statement from the advisor was, every scientist worth their salt has a career award. It is not something that we celebrate. And that was just like soul crushing because <laughs> like, all right, where did we just move this bar? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Every, everybody seemed like they were getting one, especially back then. I think these days it's even more cutthroat. So I hope people don't feel bad about not getting one because um, there are more people in AI competing mm -hmm. for it. Mm -hmm.